1: Australian bars, titty discs, and that's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm gonna go into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. <laughs> the <worst titty> disc. <laughs> get better than that. Comic
0: books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to a- another emeraldorific, dauntastic episode of comics. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and tonight I am joined by a very special guest all the way over from Oa is my good buddy, Keith G Baker. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going?
1: Hey, hey out there in TV land. How's it going over there?
0: So, so I I kind of wanted you specifically on this show cuz we we have talked Green Lantern in the past and specifically like Hal Jordan And this was a post-crisis attempt. It is a six-issue miniseries titled Green Lantern Emerald Dawn that was designed to be, I guess, a a post-crisis sort of revamp, origin, you know, kind of get people in on the ground floor with Green Lantern and kind of also, I guess, if you're going to use the DC OCD terminology, it was kind of like a launcher. You know, you read... The Emerald Dawn miniseries, and then at the end of it, it tells you to check out, you know, the ongoing Green Lantern series that was about to launch and everything. This was on sale from October 31st, 1989 to March 27th, 1990. The cover price for these were a whopping dollar. The editor was Andrew Helfer. Typically, the cover credits were penciler Mark Bright and inker Klaus Janson. The writer for the first issue was James Owsley, who is now better known among comic fan circles as Christopher Priest. And then, as the subsequent issues came out, they were plotted by Keith Giffen, they were scripted by Gerard Jones, they were penciled still by Mark Bright, and oddly there's a credit for Keith Giffen in issue two and I'm not sure if it's like just breakdowns that they're crediting him with or if there's something more to that in maybe issue two as opposed to the other issues but but there is sort of a distinct credit for Keith Giffen art wise but mainly the miniseries is penciled by Mark Bright The inks are by Romeo Tangal, the letterer is Albert Tobias de Guzman, and the colorist is Anthony Tolan. And as I told Keith before we started, my game plan is to sort of synopsize the six issues as swiftly and succinctly as I can. So I wrote up a little synopsis for the six issues, and then me and him are going to kick back and discuss Emerald Dawn. So here we go. As a young boy, Hal Jordan witnesses his father's death in a plane crash. Years later, Hal tries to follow in his father's footsteps as a professional test pilot for Ferris Aircraft. Although he was on his way to being fired, his fellow pilot and friend Andy tells his brother Jack and Jack's girlfriend Dee at a local bar that Ferris keeps him employed at a third less pay and doesn't allow him to fly out of respect for the memory of his father's death. Hal's ex-girlfriend and the daughter of the president of Ferris Aircraft, Carol Ferris, also is at the bar. She's now seeing one of Hal's former colleagues, Biff, who insinuates that Hal isn't quote-unquote man enough to wear the Ferris hat he has on his head. As Hal plays the designated driver, even though he's had some beer himself, he drives the sloshed Andy, Jack, and Dee home in his Jeep. Hal is taking the curves on the road too quickly, and when the Jeep nearly hits a billboard sign for the local motor lodge, the Jeep overturns and hits another oncoming car. Hal wakes up the next morning in a hospital bed with an angry RN who hates drunk drivers and a disappointed Carol Ferris at his side. When he sneaks out of the hospital to continue flight simulations at Ferris Aircraft, Carol tells him that Andy is still in the hospital. During the intense simulation, The cockpit abruptly breaks loose from its mount and smashes through the Ferris Aircraft Facility wall. The cockpit rockets out to the middle of the desert and delivers him to a red-skinned alien who tells Hal that he is now the Green Lantern of Sector 2814. Before the Green Lantern crumbles to dust, he gives Hal Jordan his ring and power battery and tells him he has been selected as his successor. Now wearing the same uniform as the red-skinned alien, Hal realizes he can take flight with the power of his ring. He flies to a payphone to call Carol, who believes he had the flight simulator cockpit stolen and tells him while his brother Jack and Dee are fine, his friend Andy will be paralyzed for life. When flying past the billboard sign that he blames for the incident, he flies into it headlong intending to destroy it. Instead, the ring does not protect him and Hal Jordan lies unconscious by the road. After waking up in the middle of the road, Hal hitches a ride to the hospital to see his friend Andy. While not unexpected, he is disappointed that the ring cannot heal his paralyzed friend. When the local police are about to enter the room, Hal flies away and creates a domino mask for himself. While passing a fellow Ferris test pilot in flight, he saves the plane from doing a dive into the ground. Carol meets Green Lantern, while the test pilot chews him out for saving him, and Hal takes off. Meanwhile, a gigantic yellow armored being has followed the trail of the deceased Green Lantern, whom he calls Abin Sur, from the moon to the earth. When he discovers that Abin Sur is dead, he begins to rage until he picks up the trail of energy from the ring now being used by Hal Jordan. Hal ultimately comes to the realization that he should turn himself into the police. He clings to the thought that in the worst case scenario, he could always use the ring to break free. However as he surrenders himself and his possessions, they include the ring and Hal finds himself behind the bars of a jail cell. The yellow armored being tracks the signature to the police station and starts destroying everything and everyone in his path in order to locate the new Green Lantern. With his cell bars destroyed, Hal is able to locate his ring in time to confront his new opponent. However, the ring ceases to work and the yellow armored being lifts Hal aloft in his giant hand crushing his chest, and demanding to know the location of Oa and the Guardians. When the Green Lantern energy finally drains completely, and Hal's costume disappeared, the yellow armored being no longer recognizes Hal as the Green Lantern, and simply tosses him aside. Hal then discovers the yellow armored being has destroyed Coast City's hospital, as well as Ferris' aircraft. Hal then returns to the wreckage of the alien ship, and uses the hidden power battery to recharge his ring. After the ring is recharged, Hal finds he can access the vocal database, and learns that his predecessor was named Abin Sur, and that the yellow armored being who killed him is known as Legion. As Hal witnesses a hollow playback of the final battle between Abin Sur and Legion, the real Legion interrupts the playback and resumes his attack on Hal Jordan as Green Lantern. Responding to an offhanded thought about there never being a nuclear explosion around when you need one, the ring directs Jordan to the ship's engine that operates using contained fission reactions. Jordan then releases the energy within, causing a nuclear explosion in order to end Legion once and for all. Hal is shocked to discover that the ring protects him from a nuclear blast. Hal believes Legion has been vaporized and asks his ring about needing another Green Lantern. The ring guides him into space and finally to another planet where he meets fellow Green Lantern Tomar Ray. Eventually, they are summoned to the planet Oa, the home of the Guardians of the Universe. Tomar Ray reports to Salak that his ring sees Legion rampaging again. Hal wonders how this can be if he's vaporized. Since the Guardians are in the middle of their yearly meditation, they consult the Book of Oa. The book reveals the origins of Legion took place on a planet known as ch ch Aggressive and expansionist, the ch were driven back to their homeworld by the Green Lantern Corps and were contained there ever since, or so the Book of Oa says. Tomar Ray then assists Hal in getting word to his brother Jack in the aftermath of their friend Andy's funeral. Immediately following, Hal has an intense week of Green Lantern training with a drill sergeant named Kilowog. Hal next wakes to a howling alarm siren that indicates Oa has been breached, with many Lanterns already lying at his feet, Legion has finally located the planet Oa. The Lantern Corps meets Legion head-on, exercising pre-planned maneuvers that have the majority of the Corps defending the slumbering Guardians and leave Kilowog to face off directly against Legion. The Lantern Kento attacks from the rear, pulling Legion off of Kilowog, but is ultimately incinerated in the altercation. As Hal and the other Corps members use the bedrock itself to contain Legion, they believe they have him stopped. However, when the Lanterns go to alert the Guardians and see the ring of Lantern's squaga following them, they know Legion has killed their fellow Lantern and is not far behind. Kilowog goes in for round two with Legion, and while Salek and Hal Jordan argue tactics, Legion's arrival knocks out all lanterns save Tomar Ray and Salek. Legion punches through the last two lanterns, as well as the door to the Guardian's sleeping chamber. As Legion rants and raves, some security tendrils extrude from their sleeping tubes to contain Legion. Kilowog, Jordan, Sinestro, and Tommy Phi enter the fray, and Jordan cuts the tendrils and uses them to bring Legion outside. He spins Legion around, ultimately drowning him in a mud pit. Now covered with mud, Hal is free to use the ring to literally pile-drive Legion into submission. Legion then opts to convince Hal that his species had been mistreated by the Guardians of the Universe, but Hal cannot forgive the death of his friend Andy. When Hal removes Legion from his armor, a purple, blob-like creature emerges and continues to grow exponentially, smothering any lanterns in its path, Sinestro scoops up and pulls Jordan out of the creature's way. As the Green Lantern Corps retreat to make their final stand at the Citadel of the Guardians of the Universe, the massive blob appears ready to envelop the entire city structure. With the Green Lantern Corps unable to stop the Purple mass, the Guardians of the Universe decide to abandon their homeworld. Hal Jordan is appalled by the resignation of the Guardians, who supposedly possess ultimate power. When they chastise Jordan, saying he only has a portion of the ultimate power, and that the central battery of Oa has never been tapped into by a single Green Lantern, Jordan decides to go for it. Now fully charged with the entire power of the central power battery of Oa, Hal creates a vacuum that drives the purple mass into space. The Guardians are astounded at what Hal has accomplished and inform him the rest of the Corps have returned the purple ooze to ch While Hal's not entirely sure how he did what he did, the other lanterns spare no time to congratulate him on his victory. Now officially designated as the Green Lantern of Space Sector 2814, Hal returns to Earth to serve out his prison sentence. Impressed by Hal paying his dues, Carol Ferris gives him his job back at Ferris Aircraft. Later, we see Hal is back in the pilot seat, discarding his ring to pull off a hair-raising near crash landing using his own skills. Although the Ferris team cheers when Hal manages to land the plane under such adverse conditions, they look on in horror when the plane explodes. However, Hal walks away from the explosion without a scratch, saying to the ring, "Hell, it wouldn't matter where I was, would it? We'd always find each other. And that, hopefully, is the concise, short, sweet synopsis of Green Lantern Emerald Dawn 1 through 6. So, Keith, you, you've you been reading Green Lantern for a long time, and I know, you know, based on other other podcasts, other conversations that we've had, like you weren't always the biggest proponent of DC post-crisis. You know, you didn't see any need for the crisis. So were you, were you adverse to this retelling of Green Lantern story? Did you enjoy this telling like the retelling of Green Lantern story? Like what was your, what was your initial take to it and how did you come to this, I guess?
1: Well, my take on this particular story, Emerald Dawn story is kind of a roundabout one in that this story came out when I believe I had stopped reading Green Lantern and was getting ready to stop reading comics altogether and head off to college. So okay. I didn't actually read Emerald Dawn until sometime in the late '90s, early 2000s, when I came okay. back okay. to comics, and I read it. I read it all as one when I. Uh, when I came back into comics, the first thing I did was I focused on the three main series that that I uh, that I had read since I was a kid, and that was Justice League, The Flash, and Green Lantern. So when I came back to comics was was when when Hal Jordan was no longer Green Lantern; it had already gone to to the Alley Rat guy. What was his name? <laughs> Kyle.
0: Kyle. Ray. Oh yeah,
1: Kyle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so you know when I. When I came back in, it was about the time that Morrison's JLA restarted. I, when was that, like 97, 98, something like
0: yeah, that? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah,
1: so so I started pretty much buying in bulk through eBay and catching up on, on what was going on with Green Lantern, trying to figure out where Hal was, who, who this kid was, who pretty much the stories that they were telling could have been Hal stories, but for some reason they they decided to rename him and, and make him the last Green Lantern. So anyway, I had to catch up to that. So in, in doing that, I read through this. Uh, you know, it, uh, this particular story, though, the Emerald Dawn kind of hit me the way most of the post-crisis retelling of origins uh, hit me as I was going at, at the time of post-crisis and also when I was doing my doing my catch up of, you know, about five years worth of comics. It it seemed kind of, kind of needless at the time, the stuff that they throw in. Of course, none of the DC characters could any longer just be good heroes who did good because it was the right thing to do. They all had to have some sort of horrible backstory, some sort of angst, some sort of marvelization of their character. To I I don't know why they were doing it at the time, but this is around the same time that they started putting pockets on everybody's outfits and everything too. So I I wasn't there for the start of it. I just saw the effects of it in bulk mostly, and saw the beginning of it. So it seemed to me with Emerald Dawn that they kind of did the same thing. They were like, oh well, let's see. You know, Hal Jordan has always been you know the best Green Lantern, always the guy without fear, always the guy who 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 does the right thing, rides in on the, on the white horse to save, the, save the day kind of, kind of typical hero. So they were, so they figured out what they figured, what can we do to, you know, you know, screw with his backstory. So they decided to make him a drunk driver who kill who uh, injures his friend and, and it's the cause of him eventually getting killed. You know, I guess that was the, I guess that was the, the, angst backstory that they drew out of the hat that day was hey drunk driver that's what's on this slip of paper so they decided to do that other than that though this story i I actually kind of like you know just it's it's just a good story i think it's kind of mind candy you know it's a typical story you know how it's going to go the 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 villain legion is kind of kind of a one-note character that that was there pretty much to show in his origin, you know, that he has a weakness to yellow, so he was kind of like a gold-faced stand-in. But for the most part, I liked some of the changes they made. Like, I think this is the series where they ended up making Kilowog the drill sergeant of the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, Yeah. Whereas whereas when I left comics, uh, Kilowog was just the alien commie Green Lantern, I guess. Yeah, yeah, who built Rocket Red outfits for for Gorbachev. Yeah, exactly. He built the Rocket Reds for Gorbachev because... You know that 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 was kind of where I left Kilowog, and I think this gave him a little bit more, yeah, a little bit more direction for that character. But I I think overall, I think this also was the, isn't this the first time we see where his dad Marty Jordan ends up? Uh, he sees him die in front of him. Yeah, but,
0: yeah. As far as far as I know, this is the first time that 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 see and that that element of a marvelization or a a tragic backstory like i don't think that is as bothersome as the drunk driving thing i think like i i have a real unique perspective on this miniseries and and i was only like smacked in the face with it like later on in my life so this is how i came to it was issue four of this was my first spinner rack off the quick stop stand green lantern comic period like the one we talked the one we talked about before like that i got in a trade and it's you know pre-crisis and that kind of thing but but this was my first like post-crisis like off the spinner rack comic and issue four starts with him basically going into space and getting the drill sergeant training so this is the first time I'm introduced to Kilowog and Oa and the Guardians and all this other stuff in my my comics, I guess, uh, reading career or whatever you want to call it, right? And, like, I read four and I was hooked and I got got five off the spinner rack and I got six off the spinner rack and finished it. And then by the time I started, you know, discovered, you know, comic specialty shops, I, I, you know, I was reading the ongoing series and followed that, you know, probably uh somewhere into the 20s and then i kind of lost track of it a bit because it, it did kind of meander a lot and then i think i picked that up back again when they started doing all the hype stuff with coast city and reign of the Superman, and then emerald twilight and i i followed the alley rat and all that kind of stuff for a long time as well i think until i think until judd when it came on the book and then i was i was out but th- like, that's kind of my, my track record with that. And I say that just to say I completely skipped over the first three issues until I think I got one of those kind of newsprint trade paperbacks they made of this. And the drunk driving thing was never a big deal breaker with me because I don't think I really read it. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, I saw that bit at the end where he leaves prison and everything, but to me, like, it was a done deal. Like, I didn't read the three issues preceding that until, like you were saying, like, I came to that much later. So, I guess my perspective on it is I, I really, really like issues four, five, and six, like, just for nostalgic reasons. And I also kind of like kind of what you're mentioning, like, some of the things that they add to... You know, Kilowog being the drill sergeant. You know, Salic being you know part of the Lantern Corps at the very beginning. Like those those type of ideas. I I even like Legion. Even though like it's interesting. You, you said he was like a goldface stand in. Like I almost thought like it's it's weird. He has like weird combined factors like even though this is this probably character predates venom a little bit it's like his bulk his mass and the fact that he you know basically kills green lanterns indiscriminately like i think it's also there not just to set up that green lantern has a weakness to yellow but it's also there to set up that hal jordan's in peril you know like like he, he killed in this at least he killed abin sur and he goes on to kill like you know, dozens of Green Lanterns in the course of this. So I, I think the idea is just because Hal's got this wondrous ring that basically can come up with anything he can think of, like that doesn't make him immune to death in this story. Like there's still a sense of tension, and and that that he, he, he that that Legion, I thought was, I mean, at least I took it at face value that he was a legitimate threat to. If, if you can kill one Green Lantern, you can kill the protagonist, you know, kind of thing where you're, you're like this guy could could definitely mess people up and stuff like
1: that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can see I can see what you're saying there. The the danger that he posed, especially with the killing, which I think this is also maybe the first time that I saw when a Green Lantern died, that their ring yes. flew off. And yeah, and it didn't really say it in this, but it. You know, from reading all the stuff around it, that it was it's it was flying off the its own it, it, a, a replacement. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, the, just the killing because he Legion killed, you know, several Green Lanterns in this in, in this series, uh, which you know I'm I'm kind of getting getting a little culture shock, even though it was like a, only a five five or seven year period where I wasn't reading comics, where the level of of just, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, violence had increased. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having kind of a culture shock with that, but, you know, you know, by then I'm an adult and I can handle it, but I'm thinking, you know, it's still in my head, it's comics are for kids kind of, kind of, kind of mentality. And, just, yeah, and, and I guess, I guess for me, like, I
0: guess I, I almost didn't need the first three issues or, or I, I have that weird, like internal headcanon it's like it's like for some reason you know dark knight returns by frank miller somehow also tied into adam west batman for me you know when i was that young like it's like it's like you know to me i was like oh dude commissioner gordon's talking to merkel and merkel's probably like this version of chief o'hara or whatever like i i made those weird ties to things even though there were no ties and i think like even though even though this was something that that came out in 1989 and 1990 like I still had in my head like the the challenge of the Super Friends episode where they go into the Abin Sur origin you know and and explain how he became Green Lantern so to me I kind of knew that going into this but what I didn't know was kind of like what you're talking about like all this the, the mythos with with Oa and, and the guardians and the rings like flying off and trying to like seek out replacements and the training and like how much you had to to learn to use the ring and all that kind of stuff. And I I, I thought all that stuff, like I think those issues, like especially issue five too like i don't know what it is like i i do know what it is like i i love see the thing that i kind of love about issue five is it's like they they still had the yellow weakness but i love how it's like that doesn't have to be the death knell of a character it doesn't have to be like whoops as long as somebody is colored in a yellow sweatshirt and has a bunch of bananas to throw at hal jordan he's doomed like that to me i'm like that's not how that works and i love how they turn that on its head where he, he dumps legion into that mud pit and he's like okay you're not yellow now dipshit well, and he just fucking beats the the crap out of well, him well yeah and,
1: and i think that 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 actually is what gave me the uh the analogy in my head to goldface because i i want to say green lantern defeated goldface in a similar way like similar similar yeah way. like like right, right. paint you know threw some pain on him or whatever you know and yeah and i know what you i know what you mean about tying things together in your head cannon because in my head every time Hal jordan talks i still hear michael rye from the uh from the super friends power <laughs> nice, I, I still hear nice. his voice in my head. The ship is destroyed, and I'm too weak to carry on my work as intergalactic space patrolman. I must seek out a deserving Earthling to pass on my battle of power. My power ring will find an honest and fearless one to take my place.
0: With the speed of light, the strange visitor's energy beam crisscrosses the
1: Earth. Meanwhile, test pilot Hal Jordan works in his flightless jet trainer. A few more modifications, and this jet trainer will be turning out top-notch space pilots. Where on earth did this strange green energy come from? Come in, Earthman. I am Abin Sur, and I have chosen you to take my place as space patrolman of this sector. With this green energy battery, you will have power over everything except that which is yellow. Take my ring and use it to defend against evil and injustice. I will, Abinzor, and I shall call myself Green Lantern. But uh, go, going back to the differences uh, with this origin story, because, you know, uh, with me coming in, you know, I still have the pre-crisis origin in my head of, you know, Abin, Abin's ship crashed uh, because of er- Earth's radiation or something
0: like that. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah.
1: And, uh, but But the biggest thing is, is that, is that there were actually two requirements for getting a, a a green lantern ring, and it wasn't being fearless; it was being fearless and honest. And they took that out. They took the second. Part. They, they they took they took away the honesty. Yeah, right? they took because, they took yeah. away the honesty because the first thing you find out is that is that he's running from the law and not turning himself in for being a drunk driver. So, you know, and then you know they kind of twi- I don't. They kind of twisted the the being without fear thing, which. Which is interesting and, you know, it carried over to like Jeff Johns or whoever else did it where, you know, it it wasn't that you were without fear, but it's just that you have the intellectual ability to overcome the fear that right. you do have. So
0: the the capacity to move beyond your instinct for fear. Right? Yeah.
1: And I'm, and I'm cool with that. Uh, but like I said, at the same time I was reading this, I was also reading the other. The other different Hal Jordan origins that they were throwing out there post crisis, like I, I read the there was one in Action Comics Weekly that was written by uh, yeah, David. Yeah, yeah, where you know they changed it from Abin searching for someone uh, who who was fearless and honest to to them having to be totally without fear, and that Abin Sword was so distressed that he gave his his ring a command to you know like like change Hal's brain so that he had no fear. yeah
0: yeah you know you, yeah that was that was that was a weird little arc because the minute the minute he i think how like uses the ring on himself and says undo whatever was done to me then all of a sudden he he's not fearless so he, he freaks out when he's
1: flying or yeah well we'll see all that kind of stuff yeah because because i i reread that for this because i was looking for all these other origins that i've read you know i've read all these pretty much within the same month uh, you know all, all these you, emerald dawn i read i read that and Yeah, re- there's, there's there's no
0: there's no real consistency right because i mean i guess you could argue like that i mean i i, I know it's kind of a head trip that that Aubin commanded the ring to make hal jordan fearless but if you if you excise that part out of the story at least Aubinsur's cause of death is nondescript in that so you you could apply either of these origins to that right he could have been stunned by the yellow light and radiation and crash just like you did in showcase and then you read the action comics weekly or he could have been you know murdered by by legion and still freaked out and done the same thing i mean i mean it, 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 they 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 could have two different starting points in that but then i think what like the secret origins origin the the one from the the 88 book yeah yeah. yeah. like that's written that's written by priest or owsley right and in that they blame avin death on a disease that's riddling his body, right? You know, and then and then and then you get to the Jeff Johns thing, and then it's it's I mean it's atrocitous, I guess, but like it's also kind of this whole you know blackest night like you know toil toil boil and trouble you know thing where the the witches from Macbeth <laughs> basically like corrupt Abin Sur essentially you know they they poison him with fear and and that poison is really what proves his undoing like if he was still this quote unquote fearless you know green lantern and believed in the core he wouldn't be on a spaceship he wouldn't have you know his his construct wouldn't have broken to atrocitus's rage and he wouldn't have been you know hacked or sliced or whatever right so there's there's all those different ways that that abin's store i guess goes down right
1: and and that's that's the thing is i have i have no problems with them adding to or building around how how got the ring from abin that's fine it's just the it's just the requirements for the ring where they took out the 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 honest part of it you know that yeah which i guess you know i I guess it's it's just that that's why a lot of people thought that DC Comics were hokey, you know, at, at the time or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you yeah, know, And if you take away honesty, you take away doing good for good sake instead of doing uh, instead of having some underlying tra- trauma that makes you do, do good, you know, then you know, you're making them more of a Marvel character than a DC character, and not... Yeah, I mean, I, I would
0: imagine they didn't just pluck it out of the hat either, because, I mean, to me, it seems like the whole... It seems like, for some reason, you know, Green Lantern and Iron Man kind of pick and borrow from one another, and to me, it seemed like the whole you know, drunk driving thing was something where they're like, hey, this worked for Iron Man and Demon in a Bottle and everything, like, why don't we... Why Why don't we grab some of that kind of, uh, you know, that, that pathos or whatever and, 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 and inject it into Green Lantern? And I, I, I can see why people, because I, I guess, you know, the full circle of my story is eventually I showed that that newsprint trade paper back to a buddy when i was trying to get people more interested in dc comics and i'd say read this read this read this and when i read it i mean he made fun of me he was like he was kind of dude yellow billboard takes out green lantern and he's drunk (laughs) you know and i went oh man you know like so and i was trying to be like but no look at the end where he beats the shit out of legion and it's super cool you know and everything but like so i mean i get that that's i get that the opening of this is definitely you know detrimental to to the character i i also kind of feel like and i i the, the you know this may be super sacrosanct or whatever and get me into trouble and everything but i kind of feel like more and more like every time i revisit like the o'neill adams run and even the the grell you know o'neill stuff like the more i learned that like remember that thing in the Grell o'neill thing where they basically said like oh well you know i I forget what it was but it was something like you know he it kind of goes back to what you're saying about the honesty thing like it was like they tried to retcon that green lantern had doubt in the o'neill adams run because he he wasn't like on top of his game or something like that and like and 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 then they they sort of quote unquote fixed it or whatever but it's like that that kind of thing like it, 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 you know and it's funny cuz i was listening to neil adams on a drink and draw last night and you could tell like i mean it was almost like he would have rather been writing john stewart as green lantern you know like and and you're like well when you have people like that come to the character that don't actually want to write the character then yeah they're going to they're going to diminish that character and also maybe exemplify or i don't know if that's the right word but but sort of uh pronounce like all their achilles heels and flaws like everything that they see wrong with the character is going to become reflected in that work and so like i i see why if if you had a, a starting point like that right and then and then you do this story again you know who knows maybe there there are people that you know again like you were saying some people thought you know people thought like oh dc comics are quote-unquote lame or you know this whole honesty thing like nobody's honest or even peter david nobody's fearless there has to be some cockamamie explanation about why he's fearless so let me clever clever up some explanation that that his ring you know changed his 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 very brainwaves so that he's fearless. And you're like, did we need that? Like, no, but it's there. Right. I
1: mean, I mean, when it, when it comes to writing a lot of these DC characters, if, if they're, if they are genuinely good, genuinely classically hokey, right. Then what you have to do is write good stories where they fit into it. And they, and, and, and the character doesn't change, but the situation around them changes. So that's one way of storytelling. Then the other way of storytelling is you, is you tell characterization stories, which is pretty much what Emerald Dawn is kind of toward the beginning is, is, is a look into the character of Hal Jordan. And there are too many, there are too many writers that think, think writing a characterization stories means writing about the bad character of the story uh, of the, of the, the subject of the story. Right. You know, they don't think that you can write a good story that highlights the good nature of people. They, they think that people are only interested in reading, reading the dirt about a character. And I think that that's the, that's the pitfall that a lot, a lot of these writers fall into is, is, is they, is they, they focus on the bad or they create the bad out of thin air because they think that it adds depth to the character when a character can still be deep and not be flawed you know if that makes any sense but yeah yeah i I just i
0: mean i mean i i think that's why i think that's why some things from this were retained and and they they included those in subsequent retellings like the the death of his father because that doesn't i mean that affects the character for life and and puts a certain context to his nature but it also doesn't irrevocably sort of remove like that that just because your father died in a plane crash doesn't mean you're not honest and fearless right Right. it doesn't exactly doesn't negate those those qualities that hal jordan has you know exactly it's uh, just
1: like adding on adding on the fact that he has brothers or whatever yeah
0: whatever you see and that that i always thought was like a very like people talk about how dc characters don't have like you know i don't know marvelization or whatever you want to apply to it or that that somehow stan and jack were the only people that came up with you know family being in superheroes but i'm kind of like sitting here going well you know jack and jim jordan predate the fantastic four you know like like to me i'm kind of like i mean i know it's like nitpicky and stuff but i'm kind of like look like here's a character like one of the first dc characters who had family you know and like you know it's interesting here because like looking at all these different versions of the story and stuff there's a lot of funny discrepancies and or you know uh, stuff I, I i don't exactly know how to answer but i mean in this it's like you've got his brother jack who seems to be fairly sympathetic to him you know like like he, he's out drinking with him you know he's the one who who gets, told his secret identity when he's off doing the boot camp training on oa and all that kind of stuff but i think in the in the pre-crisis comics he was like the da he didn't really know hal's secret identity and then jim was like the young eager beaver younger brother right? right 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 and then and then and then i think you know when when jeff johns is doing it like i think jack is a little more kind of meaner i guess well, you know, he's... older brotherly i guess <laughs> yeah yeah older brotherly right <laughs> like like he, he, he's he's got that nature to him and then and then if you want to get really like because i th- th- what this reminded me of because i was like I, had, I i was thinking about it i was like wait because there, there was also that stuff and i don't know how you feel about this or not but i, I do like this comic but when they made hal the specter there was that that storyline where basically It was, like, Jack and his wife, who is not Dee, by the way, because he probably, you know, threw her to the curb or whatever after a while. But Jack and his wife get killed in an accident, and then they have this whole kind of adventure in, like, the afterlife, And, and, and Jim comes... Down as like an angel, presumably. You know, at the time they were thinking he was killed in Coast City. Whereas I think later, you know, Jeff Johns kind of wanted to wipe all those blemishes away. You know, so then I think later they revealed like Jim was alive and had a family and everything was hunky dory. Yeah, and so, he was living with know, it, like
1: twelve other people in Coast City. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so. yeah I, I mean, I I did kind of kind of like that Specter series, but that's mainly because it was bringing how back into a comic yeah, yeah and yeah. you know i i didn't like the fact that he was the specter but the stories were entertaining so that
0: was the main reason why i followed that because because it, it was
1: it was it was a book about redemption
0: and and i think i was as the kids say i was thirsty for how to be redeemed you know like I, I wanted i wanted him back and not all this you know crazy parallax crap that i guess in some ways i guess the end of this story kind of foreshadows you know the fact that he the, the way he, he takes out Legion is that he uses the entire power battery and that's ultimately what creates Parallax as well, I guess, in the, the strict sense of the story. Like, if you don't go into the whole, you know, yellow fear monster thing, right? You're talking about when he, the, the, the...
1: you're talking about when he flies into the battery here in this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was thinking the yeah. same thing that that had to do with parallax. Like, it's been a while since I read the whole fall of of Hal Jordan right. and rise right. of Hal yeah. Jordan story. with That, but this this reference
0: might be lost on you, but you know, I know we talked about Legion. Reminding you of, like, Goldface and I brought up Venom and some other things. But but another thing, like, given, like, the, the atomic blast that happens in issue number three and then it turning into that purple goo blob thing, like, I, I kind of think there's just the slightest peppering of, like, Akira in this, you know? Like, I, I don't know how familiar you are with that, but there are lots of, you know, nuclear explosions in Neo-Tokyo and then also... Like the the eventually one of the characters Tetsuo becomes this you know blob morphous life form you know type thing so it's like it, it that that kind of the 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 whole blob nature of it and trying to suck up and envelop everything like that that also to me was reminiscent of um
1: of akira for whatever reason yeah i've i that reference is lost on me because i haven't i haven't seen any of that or or read any of that but I, the first thing i thought of was coast city coast city yeah being, yeah. being destroyed by a mongol or whatever because you know I, I read the whole coast city thing within the same month <laughs> i mean i went from oh, I, went, okay. I went from emerald okay. dawn all the way through coast City and the the death and 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 rebirth of Superman and all that stuff i went through pretty much within that same month or two when i was i was catching up on all the green lantern and you know then all of a sudden i'm in radu's coffee shop trying to figure out what the hell just happened so <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that's good that's good man like every time you tell this story about how you like you know you it's like you uh you did a a keg bomb of like dc post-crisis continuity yeah, i'm like sitting there going man that must have been a
1: trip i did man it, it was a it was a bad trip too i got i got a hold of something <laughs> i got a hold of a bad speedball or something it just <laughs> it just it, it, oh, yes. it sent me to the mattresses for a little while because i was like man so i've I started back reading comics and he now here's my starting point yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? But the, luckily, uh, you know, um, Morrison's JLA and stuff like that though, were, were actually kicking at that time. So, yeah. But, but yeah, when I when I'd gotten out, it was around the same time of uh, Mesmer Loeb's uh, writing The Flash and stuff like that. So I was catching up on The Flash from there, but <laughs> going through all that all that stuff. And, and I eventually got to do some good stuff over there. But as far as Emerald Dawn goes, which is what we're talking about. I love the art in this. I don't know about you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just really thought it was it, this is the kind of art that I like. I don't like some of the stuff that I've been seeing lately like in the what is it Justice League, Death Metal, Speed Metal. Oh, okay. Uh you know, okay. it, all that stuff in the in the modern comics. I, I, this is this is good comic art to me. I mean, you know, this yeah, I
0: said I said I love issue five mainly for nostalgic reasons, probably. But like one of my, uh, I mean, along with all the the great panels of the rings flying around and whizzing away and all that stuff, like I think I think one of my favorite panels in number five is like Salak and Tomar Ray trying to look all boss before they get bitch smacked by Legion, like because they he he's like he he basically that the panel of them looking all like tough as nails and <coughs> they're like it's what's in front of these doors that should concern you, <laughs> Legion. And Legion's like, oh? And then there's, like, that splash page. And it's it's one of those textbook, like, this is a real splash page, not, like, a, you know, to be sold on the aftermarket splash page. Like, it's, like, it's for effect. Like, where he's, like, he he pounds both of them into next week and breaks open the 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 barriers the door to the, to the gardens, gardens, sleeping yeah. chamber and it's like it's super duper awesome yeah and like like mark bright like i mean you know say what you will about i mean he didn't do all of them but say what you will about some of those action comics weekly runs for hal jordan like the 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 segments that Mark Bright did of those I really like too. Like I, I've always liked him as a Green Lantern artist. He's been super, super
1: awesome. Yeah, that 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 panel that you're talking about of of Legion uh, punching Salic and tomar Ray through the door. It's it's very Gil Kane-ish, I think. Just mm. that where he, you have someone getting knocked toward you, kind of head first, and it, it's funny in the uh, on the covers of all of them. They have the Gil Kane. Hal Jordan running towards you logo up there in the top left oh right 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 yeah which which was kind of cool but all the covers are, are pretty cool also I I just you know like in the first issue especially the just the whole thing where Hal's dad dies in the plane crash that whole series of pages is just is just great I think with the with the plane and everything. I
0: think it's great the echo of it too like at the end you know like where it's that same like an explosion and the, 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 panel of like shocked faces. But instead of this time, you know, instead it's of the hot. first time where it's tragic and everybody's like, you know, got their heads down and they're crying instead. It's like, he, he comes out of the wreckage looking all, badass as fuck and oh yeah like I'm, i'm fucking hal jordan <laughs> you know. And I'm like yeah and then that, that's see that's the thing for me i'm kind of like this is that, that moments like that like that's why i'm like fuck those haters like look at how badass hal jordan yeah. is you know is this is this the first time like i'm trying to remember because i don't have a distinct memory of this like as because it's not like we can just look in the overstreet price guide and it says first time hal jordan discards his ring to go fly a test plane but is this is this the first instance that you can remember of him
1: doing something like that? I, as far as I can remember that, that uh, I don't ever remember him. Uh, I I don't ever remember a lot of stuff where he was flying a plane and they specifically mentioned that he left his ring behind. You yeah. know, I think that was kind of a late, a later thing, uh, but maybe they did it in the green Lantern core issues, but I, I think that oh, he had okay. pretty much abandoned okay. his test pilot stuff by then. Okay
0: yeah yeah but but
1: yeah this could this could very well be the the first time he did that but you're talking about those panels at the very end where he's walking out of the out of the smoke that's yeah Yeah, that's very he he literally tells the ring to go go shove off yeah he's
0: he's gonna he's gonna fly this plane
1: yeah that's that's kind of a an 80s action movie kind of kind of scene where you know the only thing that would be better if he was Lighting a cigar and then threw through threw his Zippo down to, to light to light the gasoline on fire and made the plane explode. You know. So, but yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, how's a test pilot? How? Yes, he's arrogant, but he's also a badass. So, yeah. but I I think sometimes they get that part right, but they just don't get the get the part right where he's actually a good guy. So yeah, yeah. I mean, not you know, guy. A guy being mentioned in a Green Lantern thing is kind of a whole different thing, but maybe he's a, he's a good, good, good fella. A good fella. Yeah. He he
0: he expressed concern when he woke up after passing out after sending the the Tuk Tuk mass into orbit, and he was like, "Am I the only one left?" Oh dear God! And they're like, "No, no, it's cool. They're just." they're all the other lanterns are transporting it to another planet. So, I mean, that's that, you know, things like that I think are examples of of, of his uh good nature. I mean, you know, so, some of this kind of stuff is like it, it, one of those things where it's like it is it is, you know, as they like to say, you know, day 1 of him being green lantern or, you know, maybe not not literally but like this kind of story where yeah okay he starts out with these flaws but you know maybe it's like the whole Hawkworld thing too like where you're supposed to just take away from the end of this like i i think i think the thing that kind of nails it in the coffin which i, I, I don't want to get too much into this but the fact that they kept dwelling on it in Emerald Dawn 2 like that that was my only like kind of problem with it like if he had just served his time in this and then it had been like okay look everybody makes mistakes like everybody's been dealt a bad hand and and has had some bad times but he learned from his mistake and he's going to be a better person because of it and then you you know it's like okay he served his time he he's got his job back he's going to be the greatest greenlander there ever was and that's the end of it but then i think with Emerald Dawn too. It's like Sinestra's just visiting them in jail every like other issue. And I'm just like, all right, can we, can we, you know, can you get away from that now? Like, like I, I thought that was done, you know, like I, I think, I think I would have been happier if it was just Emerald Dawn and that was it, you know, instead of them having to revisit that, I guess.
1: Right, right. Exactly. And, and, you know, given that, you know, drunk driving was the, the, the character flaw they pulled out of the hat. I, I I agree with you that that if they were going to build a story around that character flaw, that one story was plenty. That yeah, you know, it, you just move on from there. But I don't, I don't, I, I just don't understand the logic or the thinking with dwelling on it. Uh, other than the fact that you know, once you're flawed, you're always flawed, and you always have to keep bringing it up, or yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I you know, to to me, it, it takes away from the story itself. So, yeah, but you know, I, yeah,
0: I, I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. So, yeah, no, but I, I, I agree.
1: I mean, so, um, did you say we were going to talk about Gerard Jones or not? <laughs> I don't know. We we can. <laughs> I mean,
0: I mean, I, I guess, I guess my only question is, does that. Does that affect your enjoyment or non-enjoyment of of this series?
1: Well, I mean, the way I look at it is, yeah, everybody knows what Gerard did, but, you know, Woody Allen is still a pedophile, but I can still enjoy uh, Annie Hall. So, um, I, you know, I, I just look at it as this is a story, this is I just don't look at the names at the front of it. Just like the fact that I don't, I don't agonize over whether Christopher Priest or James Owley, Owsley wrote, wrote the first issue. Right, right. You know, right. I, it's just it's written. It's it, it, the art's good. It, the story, the story for the most part is good. I think. And, and I mean, we we don't know the the details
0: of this, but I mean, Keith Giffen is listed as the plotter on a lot of these, whereas Gerard Jones is listed as the scripter. So for all we know, it's, it's very much a, uh, 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 there's a breakdown of, of the duties as it were. And maybe he was just the, the Stan Lee word man coming in and putting, you know, dialogue in people's mouths, you know, kind of, kind of like maybe J.M.D. Mateus was doing for JLI, right? Like, Like there were, there were plots going on and he put in some dialogue towards the tail end, you know? So you're like, all right. And, and I, I guess my only thing on it is, well, you know, I was what, 10 years old when I read this like I didn't know any of that shit when I was 10 years old so I'm like I still I still like these stories
1: yeah he, like so I don't know and and as far as Keith Giffen goes I really think that he had a lot more to do with this story just at, at least the dark parts of it because mm, wasn't this around yeah. the same time that he did that horrible five years later uh, um, he, he, he was thing? doing the he was doing the five years later yeah, so, right around
0: the same time yeah. you know
1: he he was kind of in that mindset at the time of let's Take all these characters and kind of screw them up for a while. So maybe that's where the whole, you know, character flaw, uh, drunk driving, how's uh, how Hal was not an honorable guy anymore came from. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know who who exactly came up with the story, but I could definitely see uh, Keith Giffen being the being the driving force behind that. So
0: yeah, no, that that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I but
1: mean, I I yeah i mean if 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 Dio and johns were writing this i would guess that um that how would have probably slaughtered a family of five uh you know before he got into the drunk, drunk. you know just uh you know, the way the way well, i mean
0: i mean john john seemed to uh eradicate i mean the drunk driving thing did, doesn't even get mentioned in any of jeff johns's stories whereas he goes to great lengths to to uh I guess revise the, the parallax history. So I mean if, if if he doesn't even touch on it, then I, I, I'm I'm doubtful Johns would to would
1: have any of that in his Oh that's true. In his Green Lantern stuff. That's but. true. I was just thinking of the, the darkness that he brought to like some of his JLA stuff later. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but as far as who wrote it, who who drew it, I'm fine with just ignoring that Gerard Jones even existed. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You were talking about how there was there was a lot of room around his origin, you know, to try and figure out that this whole story was basically day one of 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 Hal's day with the ring, which I can kind of see that because actually in showcase, it went straight from his origin story to him being a full-fledged green lantern for two more stories in that same same issue where he was i I, I think i think that's always
0: my excuse or go-to for like a lot of these post-crisis things because that's that's how my brain worked at the time like i was not i i don't i i think i was too young to understand the whole like if some like somebody like yourself was like wait there's pre-crisis and post-crisis and they, they 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 sort of tore down what i knew and replaced it with something else like i i think i would do the same thing with like the man of steel burn thing where i'd be like well yeah there are these six issues that change certain things but you know for, for all i knew he was still having adventures with Lad in between man of steel four and five you know what i mean like, oh yeah like if if, if i wanted that uh, until until jerry ordway later wrote something that contradicted that like to me like i was like oh other things could have could have happened in between that time that i can like slip into my headcanon and i I felt the same way about this or hawk world or you know what whatever i was you know reading at the time that was trying to revamp or revise like certain aspects of of the the backstory
1: right right and 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 as far as the the people you know my age or whatever who, who are who were still Went through Crisis and dealt with the early post-Crisis. You know, when I when I st- had my little break from collecting comic books, you know, Crisis was probably four or five years before that. So i have been I'd had about four or five years of this jumbled mess of them trying to make sense of a post-Crisis universe, and they really hadn't quite hit on everything yet. So then I took my break, and then I did 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 my Power speedball read of of all of dc comics when i came back in and i guess i was still holding out hope that the same hope when i stopped reading comics that they would undo crisis at some point because you know
0: oh like you you would take a break and you'd come back and you'd find it all the way you left it or something right
1: well i mean because all the comics i'd read up to then you know i had been reading comics for you know a a while then, 15 years, over a decade, decade and a half before then, and it was always it seemed like the writers, especially at DC Comics, were of the belief that I'm going to write whatever I want to with this, with this character and I'm going to put them through all these trials and tribulations. And at the end of the story that I'm telling, I'm putting the toys back in the box and they're still not broken. I forget, I forget who said that it might've been Jim Shooter or somebody who said that uh, somebody can correct me on that, but, but they said, play with, play with the toys, play with DC comics characters. But at the end of the day, you need to put them back unbroken into the box. So that the next writer and artist coming along behind you can do what they want to with that character so crisis kind of broke that rule where where they broke everybody in the in the entire line and and my thought well well, even well i you know what's
0: funny is there there's the there's the argument that like some people write stories and break the toys and then you can't use them again but i think with stuff like crisis or what what might be more harder hitting to to people of a more recent vintage you know something like the new 52 right like like, it's not, it's not so much that they broke the toys, they actually retired your toy chest and threw it away and gave you a new toy chest and said, look, this is the same thing you had before, right? And you're like no
1: g- g- gave you a completely <laughs> different toy and that toy isn't as durable as the one before and breaks a lot easier yeah it's like this is not the same toy yeah. but it's like but it's exactly the
0: same
1: it, like... it looks the same yeah it, it it's like it's like getting the the knockoff these aren't these aren't nikes these are psyches you know or whatever shoes <laughs> that you
0: that you I want some. I want some uh, auto lacing psyches. Key. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's on my wish list. Exactly. So you know, I, I guess that was my whole thought was that, and and of course, you know, when I'm when I'm diving back in headfirst into the DC universe, I start seeing, hey, there was something called like Zero Hour, and there was like, <laughs> there were there were all these other crossover hits. I was like, okay, so. That must be where they're fixing what went wrong with <laughs> and <laughs> Oh, you poor bastard! I know. So Man. I, so I read, <laughs> I read these things. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, what 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 the hell happened? So anyway, that that was just, and you know, I, I I I never claimed that anybody did this to me. I did it to myself, in that I had the belief and hope that. People were good enough to not break others' toys, so. But that's that's just that's just the old man in me. I mean, ev- eventually they broke it enough with New Fifty Two, where where other people who came along after me got just as pissed as I did. So you know, at least there are people who wallow in misery with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so that's nice. You don't have to suffer alone. Exactly. I can turn to them and say, "Hey, how do you like Superman wearing jeans?" you know or whatever <laughs> so so yeah that but i i i try i try and find what i like and and i and i just read that now that's that's pretty much why i don't read any new comics anymore i i stopped with uh i think it was the second issue of uh justice league metal so i
0: think that was i mean I, I i still read new comics i mean some sometimes it's hard to tell whether you're gonna like it or not but i i do try to stick to that axiom of if if i'm liking it i continue to read it and i still read some modern comics here and now like like you saw i was reading i was still i was reading the green lantern season two like i'm still i'm still enjoying that like so i'll, I'll keep reading things that I like and every once in a while they'll, there'll be stuff that I try and go, okay, well maybe that's, that's not my thing. So I won't keep reading it, you know, or whatever. But, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I guess my attitude is, well, you gotta, you gotta at least try something to know whether you don't like it a little bit, right? Like, I mean, I, I, I can get that people can tell from like solicitations and directions and things like that, that that certain things might not be their cup of tea. Cause I, I do that as well, but i guess just in terms of that if i do see a cover or a solicitation go hey that that piques my interest i i like that creative team or i like that character or this sounds like a fun concept you know or whatever then then i will i will check it out so
1: yeah i i get that and um and i i keep an eye out on like the the websites and the and the previews and stuff like that. And I'd look at stuff and every now and then I'm like, you know, that might be interesting, but I did relapse. Cause I, cause I had the, I had the old, old man in the fishing gear with the, uh, with the dollar on the end where he was tempting me, you know, from the commercial. What, <laughs> and, and what that was, was that was doomsday clock. And I learned my lesson oh. there. Oh, okay. So, okay. I, so I, I, I did jump back in with doomsday clock and I got, screwed on that um just (laughs) just just because just because you know i was lured with the promise of hey the jsa and the legion are coming back but then it's like psych sorry buddy you know so yeah it's a different
0: if it's a it's a different toy
1: chest exactly it's a completely different toy chest and somebody kicked me in the ass and tried to lock me in it so i just <laughs> i am not falling for that falling for that dollar on the end of the on the end of the of uh, the fishhook anymore so I, I just um you know i'll i'll dive back in and i'll uh, you know a, a while back I, I went through and i read through some old justice league comics and old uh, uh blue beetle and booster gold and you know it, reading this emerald dawn actually is pretty good for me I, because uh recently i read through um I started with the uh, with the uh, O'Neill Adams run of Green Lantern and read from there all the way up to uh, all the way up uh, through Emil Don because I read through Emil Don and stopped at the new uh, the new series that started after this the one with uh, How with the White Temples I guess oh okay in that okay. Uh, yeah. uh, volume three I guess or something so I stopped there but that, you know. I'm still I'm still reading stuff. I'm, but, but it's 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 stuff that's already been printed. I I, I don't know, man. Uh, eventually I'll, yeah. I'll get back, I, but I gotta.
0: So sometimes sometimes there's stuff that's been printed. You know, it's that whole like uh, diamond in the rough or undiscovered gems or something like that. Like sometimes you know, I I think I think my tendency was you know sometimes I only read the quote unquote real superhero stuff, which was the you know the ongoing in canon continuity books and all that kind of stuff, but you know I'll I'll read things like you know oh yeah Titans or or the the Superman family or like the the um like Billy Batson and the Magic of Shazam like where it's like they're kind of cartoony and they don't have too much to do with the canon, but they're still kind of just you know fun fun books or whatever, oh yeah you know
1: so, yeah I I so. just um. I... I don't know. Maybe I I still need some more therapy with my battered woman syndrome or whatever that I have with Mm. DC Comics and comics in general. I just, you know, I I just feel like I'm going to get get suckered on something again. Uh, So, I mean, I mean, odds are you 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 may be right. Like,
0: (laughs) you know. but you, but you, but you're never gonna find love, battered woman,
1: if you stop looking. So oh, that's that, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that's true. Maybe I just need to join up, join a a, a nunnery. To... Yeah, yeah, yeah. To <laughs> De- devote
0: yourself to uh, to whatever your find your joy is, and that'll be the the uh, God you worship. I guess. Yeah, exactly.
1: Or or hell, maybe I should just uh, I should just write my own. Yeah, yeah. Who knows. Yeah. Calabac, decide, it is I, Darkseid I command you to listen to the Who's Who podcast Uncover the powers and weaknesses of the Super Friends So that I may destroy them Aquaman and Superman Animal Man and Plastic Man Firestorm and Nuclear Man Batman and Hawkman 2D Man and Hour Man Who are all these people, man? They're all part of the DC Who's Who? Boy and Mr. Gold, Lightning, Hippolyta, Stranger, and Hey, hey, hey. What?
0: What about that one guy? What guy? Mr. Pretzel, Mr. Lipstick, Mr. Mitzelfuzzle? Mr. Mitzi's Pitlick? Yeah, him. He's also part of the DC Who's Who. Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe. Available monthly at fireandwaterpodcast.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. So yeah, I guess I guess that's that's pretty much what we have to say about Green Lantern, Emerald Dawn. I, I really want to thank Keith for joining me. I, I always enjoy talking Hal Jordan with a like minded individual. It's always a lot of fun. So thank you for
1: being here. Oh yeah, uh, San Dimas High School football rules. I guess. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 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 I did- I didn't know what
0: else to say. There, so. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so so uh, if anyone has any comments, questions, and or concerns, uh, they can email at fanholespodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. The backlog of our episodes is over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We're on Twitter, uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, retweets. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio. We are on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and Google Play, so you can stream us there. Uh, Keith, any any place you want the uh, the the hip and with it podcast listeners to to check you out on anything coming up in the
1: podcasting arena outside of this? Man, uh, I, you're about the only one that invites me back on podcasts, and I guess, <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm just. Uh, so- a, a pariah now. So I, okay, okay. But, well, we'll we'll have we'll have you back. I, I wanna I wanna talk things.
0: It doesn't have to be Hal Jordan, but it can be. Uh, that's we can talk about that's fine. Stuff.
1: Just just hit me up on my MySpace page, and uh, we'll okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll have to ask Tom to reinstate mine. You know. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, me and Tom are friends. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome, awesome. All right, guys, uh, this is Derek, Derek W.C. signing off. Good night. Good night. Sunshine came softly through-
1: yeah so you know oh, oh and that's that's another thing which i guess we'll, we can get into later is was this really a gerard jones thing or is this more of a keith keith giffen yeah thing yeah that that's true
0: because kind of because because i mean it's it's weird because because it starts with james owsley and then and then later it says plot keith giffen and then scripted by gerard jones so c- presumably based on that descriptor you're like he scripted the dialogue right like yeah, like yeah, well, what... he, he, he did a Stan Lee without doing the the one paragraph plot or something, you know?
1: Right. I mean and and I guess the other question is why did why did Priest only do the first issue? Yeah, so... yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the answer to it.
0: Yeah.